When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, okay. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. I'm Big Baby David. I'm here with Tom Piccolo and Kenny Poon. Guys, let's talk Knicks. All right, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, the Knicks, so the Knicks go two for two this, two and two this week, not two for two. That's almost the opposite. Um, yeah, they lost to the Bulls. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Blazers. They lose to the Heat today. But uh, everyone just wants to talk about the D Rose trade. Before we do that, Kenny, how are you? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing good, David. I, I thank you for asking. Um, I had a nice little weekend. It's it's currently Super Bowl Sunday, so we have a we only have two hours to talk about the Derrick Rose uh, trade before the game starts. But I do want to wish a happy birthday to my father. Yesterday was his seventieth birthday. We had a nice little party for him. It was That's uh, a big one. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good time. Big. So, so happy birthday! You guys are all making like little videos and stuff. Is what I gathered because you, you guys sent some in the group chat. That was funny. Yeah, there was uh, because it's it's COVID still, and we can't like mm. have a party. We uh, we just sent out a bunch of we sent out a link to vid hug. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard this, if you've seen this. It's basically like sounds sh- good. No free ads. Yeah, and I, I'm sure Big Baby David could do this by himself since he's has that capability. But it's a, it's an app that strings all of the videos together. So we just uh, sent out a link to like a bunch of different people, and uh, it ended up being like 50 minutes long, 50-5-0. So uh, we we watched that, and it it was a good time. You know, there was a Tom Tom had a good one that made it. Uh, some some had to get cut because there's a 50 minute time limit. Some got cut, really. Uh, I don't I don't think that many got cut. I think um, <laughs> me and my siblings all did multiples, and I think uh, a, a couple of those got multiples. got cut. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I, I some re-records <laughs> to be shorter. Glad yeah. I made the cut. I mean, I will say 50 minutes is a long video. Like, I hope that by the time I'm 70, I still have a couple friends. Let alone enough to make like an hour long video of people wishing me a happy birthday. That's truly impressive. So yeah, happy birthday, Doctor Poon. Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have just Jake do a solo like fifty minute thing for you when you turn seventy. It'll be it'll be fine. Jake Jake also did a video for my dad, uh, and this is one of my dad's favorite stories. So I'll tell it here, uh, where we were in elementary school. Jake was hanging out at my house. Uh, his mom came and picked him up. And then took him home, and then I think he like asked his mom if he could go back uh, to our house, which was like a mile and a half, two, three miles away. Uh, and she said she's not driving him because there's a blizzard going on. And then, without saying anything, he just walked to my house in a blizzard as an elementary schooler. <laughs> and and he got there, and his mom called our house and asked if he was there and my parents were like yeah he's here he, he just walked here i guess and his mom said tell him to walk home <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
And my mom's like, no, I can drive him. There's a blizzard. And she said, no, tell him to walk home. And so Jake, Jake had to walk home. But he said he said that he didn't even get in trouble after that because that was his punishment was to walk home. Like he got that's, home. That's a tough mom, love. I was just tough like, love. all right, that's it. You're done. Oh, that's excellent. And Dr. Poon loves that story. Just the walking as an, a 10-year-old or whatever through a blizzard, multiple miles in the snow. Oh, love it. Yeah, I mean, we lived in the suburbs, so it's not like it was a high traffic area, but like it, it's a kid Midway. walking like up, up, uh, uphill yeah. for three miles in a blizzard. <laughs> We're kind of in the middle of a blizzard right now. I don't. We have like a foot of snow on the ground falling today. Yeah, I had to do a quick shovel session right before this, uh, so it's, it's enough that I had to do that. Seriously, I I spent my weekend up in New Hampshire where there was plenty of snow up there as well. Visiting my wife, we are still together despite what this podcast keeps trying to <laughs> besmirch my my relationship. Well, not not physically. <laughs> well, no, okay, true. We're not physically together, but this weekend we were. I went up there. We did I, we did a lot of snowshoeing. I've never done that before. Put Saw on some Instagrams. Put on some snowshoes. Went on some hikes with my dog and my wife. We also did some ice skating, which I haven't been ice skating in years. And we did this like four-mile track around this giant lake in Vermont. And neither of us fell against all odds. It was just shocking, but we uh, we made wow. it quite sore today. But yeah. Uh, BBD, how was your weekend? That's what I'm wondering. It's pretty good. Um, you know, it's the weekend, so... It's hard to go too bad. I used to do a, a good amount of ice skating, took lessons for like a year when I was a kid. Uh, and it was kind of fun. I've never uh, been ice skating, so there's a fun fact. Really? That's a very popular like birthday party. Not to say you weren't invited to birthday parties, but... I feel like when I was a kid, rollerblading was a, a birthday party thing. I, I There wasn't even a party that I wasn't invited to that I could think of <laughs> where people went ice skating. In Indiana, ice skating was like the birthday party thing. We went pretty frequently. I don't know why that was an Indiana thing, but... Did you guys do rollerblading things? Not really, no. Yeah, see? So, must have been up here was a rollerblading thing. You coastal elites. You coastal elites and your rollerblading. Yeah. The rollerblading, like, didn't click for me for a long time. When I was in kindergarten, my mom, like, signed me up for a roller hockey league that was, like, it took place in, like, the roller rink in the park that's like behind my house so it would have been nice if i could like just learn how to roller skate like i couldn't it took like three more years i had to learn <laughs> learn ice skating like four years later in order for rollerblading to click so um, it took yeah. it took you three years after you started doing roller hockey to learn how to rollerblade i quit before anything uh. happened but <laughs> and like and then and therefore didn't try similar thing happened to me with bike riding it's like i i gave it <laughs> Gave it like a like an honest month of trying when I was like five, probably wasn't that long, and I quit for a while, and I, and finally when I was like, I think it was like embarrassingly late. I think it was like I was eight maybe. I, I remember oh. like this is embarrassing. I need to just go like practice this, and you I did- just by myself like sat in the front yard and just practiced balancing. And once I did that, I was like good to go. I had the rest of the skills. So. Let me tell you, I I learned how to to bike very early because my siblings 
were both riding bikes and my older siblings were both riding bikes in the town that we lived in mm, at the time the was like biker gangs, like little kid biker gangs. So I had yes. to learn early, but we, we subsequently moved to a town that wasn't as like, it was more spacious. The houses weren't as close together. So they weren't like the little kid biker gangs. So mm-hmm. Greg didn't learn to ride a bike until like very late. I want to say like eighth grade. We're outing wow. Greg as a late learner with the bike riding. That, I mean, not I'll, here to defend himself. Bike riding <laughs> gangs was like a thing in the '90s, like just little kids pre-adolescence, just riding bikes everywhere, getting into construction sites. I remember <laughs> my my entire childhood was spent like riding bikes to abandoned homes and just like sifting through stuff. Very silly times the '90s were. You missed well, it, BBD. <laughs> we did have a good amount of biking. There was there was a there's a good group of kids around my age that were that were in this neighborhood. So we did a lot of the a lot of biking, decent amount of razor scootering around town. Mm, okay. Oh, you're um, a young guy. So had uh got that experience. And speaking of experience, the Nick's got a guy who has experience being a Nick back in the fold. Derek Rose is back. The trade, uh, I think, just went official right before we hopped on the Zoom. I guess we talked that out for a little bit before actually hitting record. But uh, Derek Rose is a Nick again. The Knicks sent Dennis Smith Jr., who was going to play in the G League in a, in a week or two here. I don't know when that season was going to start, but he had been he had agreed to go to the G League. But it's DSJ and this year's Hornets pick, which if the season ended today, I believe would be the 40th pick in the draft. Going to the Pistons, the Knicks get Derrick Rose back on the team. So that's that's the trade. Rumors were going last night. I contacted my source, but anyway. Great segue, by the way, Big Baby David. Forced it, but I liked sometimes it. you gotta. Yeah, because otherwise we could have gone all day talking about biker gangs and razor scooters, but I want to tell you guys what I found what I found in those construction sites, but we could save that for another pod. <laughs> anyway Kenny you got any immediate thoughts on this um yeah and I know we've talked about it a little bit like I just don't get it like I'm not I'm not for it I'm not against it I just don't get it like I fine I'm fine with trading DSJ if they traded Frank I would have probably been upset because I still love Frank despite the fact that he doesn't play anymore um and like trading Trading DSJ in a second round pick, like, fine, whatever. I just, I feel like this has to be the first move of multiple moves because otherwise like, it doesn't make sense. Because the current problem with the Knicks is that um, Alfred Payton is their point guard and he isn't a good shooter and this doesn't solve that. So, I mean, there's there's a possibility that maybe you put quickly in the starting lineup so you have shooting around both Randall and... Uh, and R.J. Barrett. So you have Quickly and, and Bullock who can shoot. You have Mitch who can run the rim. And then you have uh, Barrett and Randall handling the ball most of the time. But then, you know, is is Derrick Rose your, your backup point guard? Is Alfred Payton still on the lineup? Is he still on the team? I just don't know. So, like, right now I just don't know what's going on. I think that Derrick Rose is coming in to be if not the starting point guard, then to kind of be splitting minutes with Peyton at point guard. And I think that that, you know, the, the natural reaction to that is like, so you're saying that quickly will not be 
like that'll cut into Quickly's playing time. I don't actually think so. I think that Quickly is potentially going to be moved more off ball. I really do. For some reason, I think that's kind of how Tibbs sees him is is kind of like an off ball player who can, you know, run pick and roll on the on like the weak side if the ball gets swung to him or something. But to me, I could see this eating more into like Austin Rivers minutes, who has been just really bad this season. Like he, <laughs> other than a couple standout games, he's just been atrocious and has been really hurting the Knicks, though he, he was in during some pretty crucial moments in today's game against the Heat when it, it didn't make any sense that that Thibs still trusted him. But I don't know. I, I could see Peyton getting hit. So right now Peyton's averaging like 28 minutes per game. I could see going forward his average being a little bit closer to like 21, 22. Um, and that's about what Derrick Rose is playing right now in Detroit. And I could see that kind of maintaining um, – throughout the rest of the season in New York and just quickly playing more off ball is kind of my read on the situation. Um, I don't know. Do you BBD, you have any initial thoughts to that or just the, the trade in general? I mean, I certainly <clears throat> like the sound of that better than the initial fear that he, he could potentially just be straight up losing minutes. Um, my, I guess the, the pushback is that they, haven't played him off ball very much, even though coming into the season, we thought he's going to be mostly an off ball player. Cause I mean, the criticism was that he wasn't going to be like a, a great creator and he's, and he's been good enough to play a lot of point guard minutes. And it, but I was, I was trying to find like any numbers showing me that because basically he and Peyton have not played together at all because they're kind of the only two people that the team trusts to play point guard in any capacity. So, so maybe bringing in D Rose is going to allow them to use quickly as more of a two guard and and play alongside them. But they've played, I think, I think, and I'm no expert at finding these numbers, but it looked like the, he and Alfred Payton have played like 15 possessions together on the floor. Yeah, BBD, um, you're you're right. I mean, he's he's played 94 percent of his minutes as the point guard and six percent at shooting guard, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is a pretty good indicator. And so you're right. I just, I guess you're then the implication of pointing that out would be that you think it's more likely that Peyton will just be kind of finding himself less and less in the rotate. Like, what, what do you think is the more likely nice. scenario? Like, do you think the most likely scenario is a straight up that quickly is going to get fewer minutes? That's just very dark. That, that is very dire <laughs> to me. I, like, I don't want to say that, but it is the first place my mind goes. It's like that's that is uh, I, a scary <laughs> thought. <laughs> I feel like it. This has to come from Alf, Alfred Payton's minutes. Like, there's no. I totally other, think it should. I I feel like it has to. Like, I know that they're sticking with Payton as a starter, but I don't think that that's because of performance. I think that's you know we've talked about on here how it makes sense to to keep quickly with the second unit to allow him to kind of grow, develop some confidence because you don't want to thrust him into the the starting lineup and have him lose confidence like this early in his career. And it also allows him to, to do things that he can't do with a starting lineup, like handle the ball a little more, take a few more shots. With uh, with Alfred Payton and Derrick Rose both on the team, like I just don't see the possibility that Alfred Payton continues to play the minutes that he's playing. And you know, to Tom's earlier point about Derrick Rose becoming a starter, it's just I also like don't know how that works because R.J. Barrett and um, 
Julius Randle are both very high usage players, and Derrick Rose is one of the highest usage players in the NBA right now. And like, I I think it makes more sense to have quickly become the starter, and then he could play, you know, a shooter along those get with those guys, and then you could have Derrick Rose with a little more high usage off the bench. But I don't see how those three fit together. And I think that what makes sense, I agree with you, Kenny. Like, I, I kind of think it's made sense for quickly to start for some time now despite the, the benefits of having him run against second units, like the, the data, the eye test, all of it shows that when Quickly's on the floor with Randall and Barrett, they are just objectively better than they are with Peyton, RJ, and Randall. Um, but I don't know that, just because we're saying it makes the most sense, I, I agree with you, but I just don't think it's likely that we're going to see Peyton going from 28 minutes per game this season Granted, in, in some recent weeks, that number has ticked down as quickly has kind of ascended, but it, ha- it hasn't gotten to the point where like Thibodeau doesn't trust Peyton. Like he's still running Peyton out there in crucial moments. He, I mean, he played like for an entire quarter in this game against Miami. He uh, Thibodeau just trusts Alfred Peyton. I think that's pretty clear, and I have a really hard time believing that Peyton's minutes are just going to go to you know. <laughs> nominal right zero to ten minutes per game I just don't see a world where that happens even though that's what might make sense from a basketball perspective I seriously doubt yeah. the coach sees it that way so it but seems I, like BBD is kind of like the most <laughs> pessimistic of how this might go Kenny you seem to be the most well, optimistic and I, I think I'm kind of right in the middle as far as like moving quickly off ball and getting him minutes that way I just think that like the way that Peyton is currently being used, I think, is kind of a safety net for for quickly because he's had some games where he hasn't looked that good. He's had, you know, taken some bad shots and wasn't making shots. And so those are the games when Alfred Peyton ends up playing in the fourth quarter. And like, I get it um, to some extent. But if you bring in Derek Rose, who is just a better version of what Alfred Peyton currently is in terms of an offensive player then I just don't see the need for, for Peyton to continue playing those minutes. I don't know. I, I do think there that we could see more, more quickly off ball. Um, I have a feeling immediately into Derek Rose returning, we'll see more of just like a dip. Uh, there's, there's probably a world where it's like, I don't know, quick, or not quickly, Peyton and Rose combined for, I don't know, 40 minutes at the point guard spot in whatever distribution um and we see you know quickly get close to to the remaining remaining eight minutes there and then we can get him maybe 10 more minutes a game at, at another spot it's it's tough that this happens right now because before today his last two games were he played less than 15 minutes in both of them and i think he played if not less than 15 minutes less than 20 minutes today so it's like we're coming off a stretch where he's playing fewer minutes. So I'm in a bad mood about that. So bringing in a guy who in theory plays the same position puts me in a bad headspace. We're also, I mean, we got to see what the what the, happens over the entire trade deadline period. We're, I assume, close to, to a month away from that. I don't actually know when the trade deadline is this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's just evidence that Thibodeau likes Derrick Rose. He played with him in Chicago, him too. <laughs> in Minnesota, now in New York. It, it seems like he had some input to bring his guy over. Um, you know, I it, which is curious because Derrick Rose, like you said, BBD, is a much 
better offensive player than Alfred Payton and a similar kind of player in that he kind of lives at the rim. And even his like assist percentage is is very good for a point guard. Like he he does get his guys good looks. Um, I was just looking through his assists on NBA.com. You can go ahead and look at the videos of his assists, and a lot of them were in transition. Like just stylistically, I don't know how much this makes sense because Derrick Rose likes to get out and run. Still at this point in his career, he's in the 87th percentile in terms of how much more often his team go, gets out in transition when he's on the floor versus when he's off. So he, bottom line is he pushes the ball a lot. The numbers will tell you that. If you look at his assists, it'll prove it to you as well. And this New York team doesn't get out and run at all. So I don't know if, I mean, Thibodeau is not the kind of guy who typically his teams do get out and run. So that's kind of my question is stylistically how this is even a fit because that's when Rose is at his best. And this team is more of a half, the, this New York team is more of a half court team. And that's not where Rose thrives. So I'm very curious to see how that kind of all that plays out. And maybe that's maybe that's a positive in in bringing Rose in because maybe he's a guy who can get get the Knicks into transition and you're a guy who's been saying that, you know, to get RJ Barrett out into transition would be, you know, what's best for the Knicks. I'd love to see it happen. I yeah, but just based on like I don't know, kind of Thibodeau's reputation which is curious because a lot of his success has been with Derrick Rose as his point guard. And again, like Thibodeau is a, is a great defensive coach. Derrick Rose, not a very good defensive player. Even when I know Alfred Payton takes a lot of flack on Twitter for both his offense and his defense. He's still a better defender than Derrick Rose is. Rose is uh, one of the worst defensive players, I think, as possession in the league, if I'm looking at, uh, at his stats I here. Like his, on, his on-off numbers are pretty brutal when you look at the the defensive numbers. So um, I don't know. I, I just – it is a little baffling bringing, bringing this guy in at this point in his career when he's an unrestricted free agent after this season. Uh, we haven't even really talked that much. We mentioned it, but just giving up a second-round pick, I don't like that at all. Like even, it's a, even if it is a, the 40th overall pick, this, this front office has kind of proven that they can find talent later. Granted, quickly was later in the first round, but he was – pegged to go in the second round like there's a world where he could have gone 40th it's not like impossible I think in a lot of mocks that's where he was going to go so um it's just there tends to be talent in that area and I I do have a hard time giving that up for a guy who's going to be here for like 40 games and I don't know how much and we don't know how much value he's going to bring and we don't know how many minutes he's going to take away from our young guy and quickly that I mean that yeah that is the there's a, there's a few levels of being concerned there because uh, because of you know, the Knicks have proven they can identify talent late, um, and and this draft is supposed to be good. So in theory, there's, there's even more talent to be identified late. So I don't love the the I don't love that, but I, I will say at least it's not like we gave them back their pick for this year, which the Knicks currently possess, and it's the first pick of the second round. At this moment, uh, it's of the picks to give up. I think I prefer it's that one to like a, even like a 2023 pick because it's good to just have these assets in the future for when we're trying to be more competitive. Um, and, I think it's the optimal pick of the ones that Knicks currently possess, at least for me. I, I don't know. Kenny? From, from my perspective, I really don't care at all about <laughs> trading the number 40 pick. 
because if you want a second round pick, you can just buy it. Like the 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 Warriors didn't have a second round pick, and they they bought the thirty eighth pick to take Jordan Bell in two thousand seventeen for cash. Like they didn't give up anything for yeah. it. So if they they find someone that they think that they want in the second round, I don't think it's that difficult to to pick up a second round pick. Should be able to get him if they want him. At least on Rosen, stylistically, it'll be a much more pleasant watch than than Alfred Payton. Um, that's not exactly a high bar to set, but at least yeah, the transition numbers are somewhat promising. At least as far as how they'll affect other guys, That'd be cool. I also can't help but notice Alfred Payton is still here, <laughs> so that that's tough. If it was a straight like Rose for Payton substitution like that's what the trade was i would have been i would have really shrugged it off and been like cool but alfred payton has the weird no trade thing and and i guess like i don't think is good to be clear and i guess that's a question i have is you know to the extent that regardless of what happens i feel like alfred payton's minutes will be going down like whether he loses them entirely like i don't know but i think he's got at least lose some minutes do you think how firm do you think he would be on his no trade clause if it comes down to him sitting on the bench on the Knicks or getting traded to another team where he could, you know, earn a new contract? Well, when you say sitting on the bench, though, like what what do you envision there? Because I don't, I just don't see a world where he's playing fewer than eighteen to twenty minutes per game. Like I, I don't think that there's any way he played he goes under that. I, even that though, because if he's playing eighteen to twenty minutes per game here do you think he'd rather go literally anywhere else in the nba where he could play you know a few more minutes and potentially earn a better contract this offseason i'm not sure that option's like really out there for him i I think it would have to be because i don't see him losing more than like dropping lower than that number and like also in theory the knicks are are good they're they're in a playoff spot at least going into today. I don't know where they stand now that they lost another game. But in theory, the Knicks are like good. He's played close to 30 minutes a game to this point. I don't see him in the immediate future dropping below 20. So like, why would he go somewhere else that's either like a worse team for, for marginally more minutes, if any? I'm just not sure where else he'd get that opportunity. Yeah, it just depends on on who's asking for him or who's who's trying to get him. I I'd, I'd be surprised if if Peyton didn't finish the season in New York. That would be pretty surprising to me. But I've certainly been wrong many times before. Uh, hopefully, would, I'm wrong on this one. It would be surprising. One. Yeah. Does he have Does he have like a good friend just in the league that maybe plays somewhere else he'd want to link up with? Because now that I say that, I, I think that that friend he likes playing with is Julius Randall, who's here. <laughs> Fair point. Kind of stinks. I don't know. Maybe we are, we are like, if they're gonna do the quickly more off ball thing, which I I am in favor of. Let's just see as much of him as as we can. I suppose we are just moving Reggie Bullock or or Alec Burks away from opening up quite a few minutes there. Slide RJ up if you need to, whatever, and and then a lot of two guard minutes open up for quickly, and and I think that trade will happen eventually it might be kind of awkward for the next call it five weeks before the deadline i don't again didn't look up when the trade deadline is 
I mean, quickly is averaging about he's averaging 19 minutes per game on the season. I'd say like in the last month, call it that number's probably been closer to like I don't know, maybe 23, 24. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but he's definitely been playing close to half of the game. I think in the last month or so, um, I, I could see that number dipping a little, and that's that's really disappointing because you would, over the course of his rookie season, given how he's played, you would like to see that number go up. But I don't see any world where Derrick Rose coming in as an addition to Alfred Payton means more minutes for quickly. I just don't think that math is going to work. Um, it, it, I think that's kind of like the bottom line for me. I, I don't like that, the, that's kind the of hope the, is that he can at least stay the same as far as just total minutes. It's tough. If there's just somehow, once again, there's just too many guys on the Knicks roster that should, that in theory should get minutes. I mean, Knox has played himself out of the rotation, but he's been a big part of the rotation at times this year. Everybody wants to see Frank be in the rotation at all, which isn't happening. Um, but like to your point, like fewer minutes for Burks and for Bullock. Those guys, Bullock, kind of just in reputation only. But those are two of the best shooters on this team that is starving for for shooting. It would, it would have to be one of them being traded, mm. and you you open up all of their minutes for it to be something that really changes because they both are fairly deserving of the minutes they're getting. Today they both played pretty well, really well. And- I mean, when we saw when we saw Burks come back from injury, that's when Knox fell off, and you know we have the question of whether Tibbs would go to a a eleven man rotation or, like Tom said, does this mean Austin Rivers out as kind of the the last guy on the bench? Does Obi Toppin somehow drop out because Derrick Rose came in? Like, I I don't know where I I just don't know how this all fits together, and it would really frustrate me if both. Derek Rose and Alfred Payton were playing point guards as two guys who aren't particularly good shooters. Um, when we would really, I would really like to have a good shooter around RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. And I think I'm, I just think buckle up, man. I think that's exactly what's going to go down. Like, I, I don't know. I, I hope you're right. I, I hope that this means that Payton is kind of just nudged out a bit of the rotation and just gets fewer minutes. Maybe. <laughs> He comes in and plays like 10 minutes a game. I just don't see it. The way that Thibs treats cool. him, it would be don't awesome. I think that's, happening. that's the best case scenario. But um, just given the relationship, it would be it'd be pretty jarring to, to see that go down. So I don't know how you could see this Derrick Rose trade happen and, and think of it as good news. Um, maybe it's neutral with a tinge of downside at best. That, <laughs> I think that's, that's where I'd put it. That's exactly... I think how I, how I'm feeling about it. it just feels like without seeing what else they're doing, this being the only move they've done so far, it's tough to see this like best case scenario being anything other than just like fine. Like, I just don't see us getting looking back and being thrilled that we did this. It's just like in principle, it's it just feels weird to turn. Not that we were using DSJ or Frank, um, but to <laughs> to use them and a draft pick for where the Knicks currently are as a, as a franchise into another player that deserves minutes but can't shoot and is 32 years old and will be a free agent after the season and we've had before and it didn't exactly go great 
wasn't a complete disaster, I guess. But he also literally went missing at one point. Um, the super just, just in principle, there's a lot of things I disagree with about doing this move. But I, I, I have to hold off on hating on it until we, one, see Derek Rose play, but also see what the rest of the plan is. They're, they're saying that the super teams are the Warriors and us now. Now that we got, oh, got Derek Rose. <laughs> Uh, that we've been, or at least I've been uh, using that quote a lot lately, and I guess it's going to be even more back into into my tweeting habits. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think I am relatively neutral on this whole thing, with a, a hint of BBD's whole like, let's wait and see what happens. Because, like I said, I don't really care about giving up DSJ in a second round pick. Um, We'll see what how the rotations shake out. Like like I said, if it's Peyton and and uh, Derek Rose getting a bunch of minutes as two guys who can't shoot, um, that wouldn't be great. But if it's you know if if Peyton is now out of the rotation and Derek Rose is in the rotation, I'd be pumped about that. But like I just don't I don't know yet. I think it's probably too early, which is terrible radio. But when you <laughs> say like it wouldn't be great it, that if if Peyton and Rose were splitting the point guard minutes, call it nearly 50-50, not only would that not be great, that'd be nearly catastrophic. Like, I don't want to be dramatic <laughs> just for radio's sake. That would be just miserable. It would be a complete failure given what we've seen from Quickly, his upside, his potential, and what he's produced. If we're talking about rewarding guys for for playing well and for you know playing the right way, it's... Quickly's done just that. Granted, he's had some some poor shooting games, but that mentality has, has been there—the aggressive, attacking offensive mentality that you know that Derrick Rose brings. But he also distributes. He plays better defense. Like, I'm not saying that Quickly today is necessarily a better player than Derrick Rose, though that may actually be the case. But even if it's, it's a, not, it is a conversation today. Even if it's not the case, it's not the point. Like, the point is that. You know, quickly is our guy for multiple seasons to come. Developing him, getting him minutes and experience should be the priority over this 32-year-old journeyman whose career is winding down and will be an unrestricted free agent in a couple months. Like, it just the the philosophy doesn't sit right with me at all, um, and the the results will will definitely bear out one way or the other whether this was a, a Either a neutral to slightly positive move. If this, if if it's Derrick Rose replacing Alfred Payton, like we've said many times before, good. If it's Derrick Rose as an additive, if he's Derrick Rose plus Alfred Payton, that's as like as bad as it gets, and that's almost like a binary thing. That's kind of why I was throwing in the the variable of quickly as off ball, but to, to you know seeing the stats that only six percent of his minutes have come. Yep. Off we ball. Done it. That's not great. <laughs> like that's that's a little worrisome. I think it is possible. It's you know when when he was drafted, he was thought of as this off ball guy. So it's not like unheard of, unheard of for him to do that. But you know he's small for an off ball guy. You know that's a, that's a small backcourt if he's coming at the shooting guard position. Um, well we'll see. I I just I do worry about this move as it relates to Quickly's development, and uh, hopefully I'm worrying for nothing. The the line I keep. Like just going back to in my brain, thinking about it, like since last night when the rumors are really going, and and it seemed like this was going to happen. It's just like, why? Like just why go to the trouble of like giving up an asset, even one's not as valuable as as the 
40th pick in the draft of the draft for today. Which is why I go to the trouble of bringing in a guy that, that does deserve minutes, but doesn't do much different than Alfred Payton uh, stylistically, other than, uh, like, obviously the transition stuff is exciting, is more exciting to watch, but but just just why go to the trouble of any of this? It's not a great fit. Rose. Maybe this is just a low-key tank strategy. We're going for Cade Cunningham. We've been too good. We've been too good. That's the problem. That's Quick, why we needed Derrick Rose. Quickly, been too good. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we needed Derrick Rose. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. It, it's it feels like we very well could be looking back on this trade, and, and it'll feel like Leon Rose in the in the new front office, like just threw away all the goodwill that they built up this year. It feels like that's a very real possibility. I, I won't call it likely, but but it's very it's it's very much on the table that that all the goodwill we've built up this year with the team playing hard and winning some games and, and none of the offseason moves being bad certainly and some of them being really good like drafting quickly and then in one move even though we didn't give up anything so it's hard to see this being a, a disaster disaster because we we're not sacrificing the future, really, other than potentially losing quickly minutes, which is bad. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, the, the floor isn't so low. It's not like we're bringing on, like, Rajon Rondo to a three-year deal or something. You know, like, this is this is kind of just a short-term Band-Aid or whatever. Like, the worst-case scenario is that quickly does lose, call it maybe 10 minutes per game for the rest of the season in a shortened season. And and hopefully next season, like he's he's back to his kind of status quo role and probably even a bigger role in his second year. So, like you said, it, it I maybe I was a little hyperbolic with the like disaster catastrophe talk, but I think in the it, with the myopic lens of just this season, <laughs> there's a chance for it to go as poorly as possible for quickly. And he's long long term your number one priorities. Yeah, for this team. Long term, it's not the biggest deal. Just I was thinking more in the short term. It, it long term damage probably won't be there. Just like perception wise, loses the like, fan bases like trust, like you said in in the goodwill that they like, had. Like I don't, I don't think we go to distrusting them, which I might have implied. I forget exactly how I phrased it before. We don't go distrust. all the way like distrusting them, but uh, but we we lose all the like goodwill and and we we're close to a place of like kind of blindly trusting them for a little bit until they earned not having the benefit of the doubt. It's probably a more grammatically correct way to phrase that. They, uh, uh, but, but they had for the most part earned the benefit of the doubt in the last calendar year of Leon Rose's 10 tenure. <laughs> and this one yeah. move might lose them the benefit of the doubt. They built up all that goodwill so that Tibbs could go to Leon Rose and say, bring me my dude. And he did. He brought in Derrick Rose. So, well, I mean, it's just we'll a see. shame that his dude is Derrick Rose. <laughs> Derrick Rose just... is his dude. I was, we were saying this pre show, I was looking at all of Tibbs' coaching rosters. It's been one season that Tibbs was an NBA head coach and didn't have Derrick Rose on the roster at some point. And it was the year Derrick Rose was a Nick. And, uh, and that's hilarious. That's, that's his guy. And he, his it, dude. You you gotta you gotta show respect to your guys, especially a guy that uh, you know. I don't know if if Tibbs is where he is today without early 
uh, Derrick Rose seasons. But like go- going back to the quickly stuff, I just can't imagine a world. Like maybe it's because I don't want to, but I just can't imagine a world where Manuel quickly is losing minutes to you know allow Alfred Payton and Derrick Rose to run the point guard. I can't imagine that world. Well, it, that's very optimistic of you, and I hope to share that. But does it matter to you? if he doesn't lose minutes so much as he loses that role of lead ball handler, like, do you care if he moves from point guard to an off ball role? Like, do you think that, that there's any downside to that move? I don't like, I don't really think that that's a problem. I think that's what would happen if he moved into the first, uh, the, the starting lineup anyways, just because like I said, RJ Barrett and Julius Randall are going to dominate the ball in that situation. And he's going to play more off ball, even if he's the, you know, quote unquote point guard. Um, and, you know, the the NBA is so fluid now that there's the more, you know, playmakers and ball handlers you have on the, the court, the better. So I don't think that that's a problem. Like, I just need him to be on the court playing basketball. Agreed. Yeah, like he'll be the nominal point guard. He'll be defending other teams' point guards and he'll kind of be initiating offense. But in the way that Alfred Payton does sometimes, where sometimes RJ Barrett runs the the pick and roll at the top and Alfred Payton's just standing in the corner, not attracting any attention at all. Um, you know, quickly would have the opposite effect where you have to guard him in the corner and that helps the offense. Imagine a world where Julius Randle drives into the paint, attracts a double team and kicks it out to the corner and it's not Alfred Payton catching it. Imagine that world. Where it's it's Derek Rose. Oh, Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel, sorry. Emmanuel I was going to say Emmanuel quickly, but Derek Rose would be about the same as Alfred Payton. But like, imagine it's Emmanuel quickly catching that that corner three opportunity. Like that would be much better in my life. Be cool. Have we exhausted this trade? Do we do we have anything to say about the games from this week? They kind of don't matter anymore because we have a new rotation player. I don't know. I'll open it up. We we went two and two. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll lead with just R.J. Barrett. I thought he played really well for most of the week th- through the first three games. I thought he was relatively efficient. He was aggressive, getting his offense. He was he was a two way player, playing strong defense. Um, today's game against Miami, he was benched for the entire fourth quarter. He was he just it was a second game of a back to back, and he, it, he showed it. You know he did not have his usual aggressiveness. He wasn't really playing with any kind of burst or any pop. He was just, he was sluggish. And I thought he was sluggish defensively too. He was beat back door a couple times. Um, I don't know if he was just not that focused uh, combined with Jimmy Butler just being a tough matchup for him in general. Um, Bam Adebayo is is a very strong defender in the interior. So uh, you can throw multiple guys at RJ Barrett. Andre Godala is there. Um, it's just, it's not a great matchup. For, for Barrett specifically, and the his performance kind of bared that out. Um, kind of is, is a confluence of a bunch of different variables there, and, and Barrett finished this game today, being Sunday. It's one of six from the field. He did hit a three, um, but no assists. Like, that's very unlike him. You know, you, you go back to the Portland game, and he, he had three assists, but he also was eight of 14 from the field. He had 18 points, hit both of his threes seven boards like just throughout the the rest of the week I thought he's kind of he'd been on a a streak of call it was it 13 14 games where he was just playing solid and looking like a legitimate 
you know, a guy making a, a jump, making a leap in his second year. Um, but that's part of these growing pains is that he's going to have games like he did today from time to time. It doesn't worry me. It's just like part of it. You know, he's, he's not this all-star level player that you can count on night to night yet, but um, he's certainly developing. The previous weeks have shown that conclusively. And uh, I expect him to kind of continue on that trajectory with every once in a while, having a bad game going forward as well. And I think I'm not really particularly worried at all. Like, like you said, it's the second night to a, of a back-to-back, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago where something similar happened where the Knicks made a comeback and, and R.J. Barrett didn't play in the, at the end of the game. And today was the same thing. R.J. Barrett, not having a great game, didn't play in the fourth quarter. And, like, if, this is, if, if he's having a, a, a tough showing to start out the game and the, you, you decide this is going to be his rest game, he's not going to play 40 minutes tonight, he only played 19 minutes, like, I'm fine with that. Like, if, if it happens once in a while, it happens once in a while. Like, this is not the year that uh, we're going to win the championship. You might ask Greg; he might give you a different an- uh, answer to that. But like, I'm I'm just all about R.J. Barrett developing, and I don't think a single game is going to really define who he is as a player. He's been like overall this year. He's he's taken big steps forward on both sides. He's done a lot more good than bad. Entering today, over his last 12 games, he's been averaging just under 20 points, just under six boards, and shooting 45% from three, 51% overall. Um, it's really good. So the, the last, that's, so it's like half the games he's played this season. doesn't include today's numbers, so I assume, I guess it took a little dip again. But especially the last, last 12 to 15 games have been really nice to see from him. He, he got over that that early stretch that included the over 21 from three. That's really thrown off all of his overall numbers. So that's, that's, it's been, he's been a a welcome part of the lineup and everything this year. Yeah. And I think his, his shooting, like you said, is much better than I think his numbers indicate just because of that ridiculously bad over 21 stretch. And I know like that's a big sample to take out, but if you take out those four games, he's shooting over thirty-seven percent from three, which is very good. And like, I have trouble justifying myself with that because it it was twenty-one shots, but like, it's a four-game sample, and a they've played what twenty-six games, twenty-eight games so far. So like, he's I think his his shooting is much better than it it looks on paper so far. And without having without taking out. I haven't done the math on what the percentages are. You could even just take out the two like worst games that were like true, true outliers because he had an 0 for 6 and an 0 for 8 game. If you want to leave in the 0 for 4 and 0 for 3, those are a little more indicative of what he can normal what he normally does. I'm sure it's still a pretty good percentage just taking those two out and putting another 0 for 7 in there. People want to make it a little fairer of a number. Yeah, and I just wanted to highlight that. Barrett. Like, even though Barrett's not, he hasn't been the best player this past week by any stretch. But you know, that's certainly been Julius Randle. He's just continued to play like an all star. Um, you know, his games this this past week, we played four games. He had twenty three points against Chicago, twenty seven in game two against Chicago. He had twenty two on seven to sixteen shooting against the Blazers in that win. And then he had, today against Miami, he had 26 points, 13 boards, seven assists. Like he's just he's playing good basketball. He's kind of really he has a command of the offense, and he's 
playing his game. Like, yeah, there, there have been some moments where he's kind of, I don't know, I want to say like re- reversed or like he's kind of gone back, reverted to his, some of his old ways at moments. But overall, like he's been an incredible player. And uh, I don't know, I don't, you look at the All-Stars right now, I don't know if you guys want to get into this right now, but he, there's a chance he doesn't make it, which is a real bummer because um, the team's 11 and 14. They're kind of like a surprise feel-good story. Uh, but there's there's a decent chance with all the guys kind of in the front court who the coaches may select that, that Randall won't make the all-star team. Do you guys think that's like a travesty if that's the case? I think so. Like I, I don't, you can name kind of any player you want and i just think that julius randall's statistics this year speak for themselves uh, i think they said on the broadcast today that the only player averaging the same or more than him in points rebounds and assists is uh nikola jokic um and you know he's averaging similar numbers to a guy like anthony davis and probably better um and better numbers than a guy like bam Adebayo. and those are the guys that they're saying are you know locks to be all-stars and like i just I just don't get it. And like Bam Adebayo, his team is also much worse than the Knicks, although they beat them today. Like, I, I just don't get those. Like, I, I think it's name recognition more than anything else. I, I would hope, and obviously I think Randall deserves it this year without having watched a ton of other teams, but uh, there's not at that point in the year where I watch a lot of other teams. But I would hope because his the stats on paper do help him out a lot i'm hoping the people he gets a some of the uneducated vote there and also i forget exactly how the all-star voting works these days but i know like players and coaches and stuff voting counts so in in theory you should also have like the storyline vote there just because the knicks have been so impressive and he's and players know what he's doing is leading to like winning basketball unlike in previous years where he's put up decent stat lines, but it's just not been good. So and I the, would hope that, that that all helps him. He deserves the, it. And the starters are voted in, and everyone else is appointed by, or is named by coaches, right? That's right. So I would hope that, at the very least, the coaches recognize what he's doing this season, because like they've had to play against him, and you know, he's don't remember a lot of bad games from him, so I'm sure they've seen him firsthand. And you'd like to see, you'd like to think that they have the scouting reports, they look at his statistics, and they know that this guy is unquestionably an all-star this year. I mean, how many front court guys make the team, right? So it's the it's two forwards and a center, pretty much. We'll call it three front court guys and the starters, and then uh, is it twelve players make an all-star game? Is that so? There's Keep talking. I'm gonna yeah, look yeah. So up I, that I think there's so there's seven reserves. Um, I mean, say you split that fifty fifty. You, you, I mean, roughly you call it three guards and four front court guys. So that's seven front court guys make the All Star team in a given year. Um, I mean, you automatically say Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Um, I think as we, I, I feel like Jason Tatum is probably a, a lock as far as front court guys go. Um, probably. I mean, there's four right there. I would say, are people saying Bam? I know Bam's numbers are, are he's averaging 20 points, nine boards, like five, six assists, something like that. Like, it, it's solid. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's quite 
Maybe not necessarily would, as good as I would Randall. Assume he's close to a lock. Though Bam's defense is, you know, considered much better than Randall's, like his individual mm-hmm. defense. Um, Demontis Sabonis, I think, is going to be numbers. tough. He'll probably be tough to get out of there just because of. I want to say the Pacers' record is is better. Um, you know, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. I don't know what Jalen Brown counts as. Probably a guard, I'd imagine. But uh, I'm Ben Simmons. I don't think his numbers have been all that impressive, but he's always kind of whether you're considering him a guard or a front court guy. That's that's uh, something to consider. Gordon Hayward, he's he's actually had a pretty he's solid put season. Up numbers this year. So I, all I'm saying is that he's there's no way Randall's a lock, but it's it's certainly possible, and I I hope he makes it. I hope he does. It, I. In theory, they, I mean, they're still, they're planning to like do a game this year, which COVID wise feels like a terrible idea. But, uh, and after the, the Kevin Durant, like shenanigans, for lack of a better word, this weekend, uh, it might be off the table pretty soon. I would imagine Randall would benefit from us having an actual game and guys either being hurt or otherwise like opting out of participating in it and they can get in. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, like a Subs- next guy up. Yeah. Right, right. Now, that's true. Now that LeBron James and several other people have come out and said that they think that uh, having a game is a bad idea, maybe that's how Randall gets in if if they don't otherwise select him. I'd hope. Maybe, maybe if they don't do a game, they up it to technically having like fifteen guys each because enough guys are going to opt out or be hurt by that anyway. And they're good. So I'm looking at. I'm looking at last year's roster because in all of Tom's uh, talking to distract all of you, I couldn't find the actual breakdown of what's required. Um, I I saw it was definitely 12-man rosters, but I don't know if there's a literal rule. Yeah, we were looking up. 12-man rosters. Last year, the East Coast, Eastern Conference had uh, three reserve guards, three reserve forwards, and one reserve center. Uh, the Western Conference had two reserve centers, a reserve forward, and then uh, four reserve guards, and one of them was replaced by uh, Devin Booker. Interesting. Okay, so it it does depend on, on just kind of who the coaches think are most deserving. So there's no set, like, you get this many reserve guards, this many reserve front court players. So, I mean, who knows? I, I ballparked it. Seven front court guys would make the all-star team. Um. That number Feels could right. could could it could be a range, but um, yeah, we'll and we'll see. We'll we'll keep checking in on this. I think as the as the game Get gets closer. a little closer. But uh, I don't know. Was there anyone else you guys wanted to highlight, shout out? Um, but besides Barrett and Randall, I, I feel like those are kind of two guys we always talk about. Anyone else you felt was worthy of recognition here? I mean, another guy who, who we talk about often because he was our top draft pick this year, Obi Toppin. Uh, today, he gets seven points in ten minutes of it, but it, it overall, statistically, I don't think it backs it up. But overall, it felt like his best game. Just he got some, just a nice stretch where he looked like he he felt comfortable, knew what he was doing, and he finally got to dunk, which is all he's really wanted. He looked aggressive. Um, his shot, man. Like <laughs> I, I feel like. I feel like his statistics probably look better than his actual shot does because like I feel like he makes a fair amount of them, probably not approaching 33%, but like better than I would think. But the ones that he misses, he misses badly. 
and like he sure it, does miss him. And uh, I just, uh, I just, I'm not sure what to make of it yet. I think he's probably a better shooter than than we've seen so far. Um, but just watching today's <laughs> game, I think it was fun because he spent it, the number spent. Bad. What's the number? Twenty eight percent. Twenty seven, I think, is what I'm looking at. Assuming I, that includes. The I was just ballparking. Yeah. 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 I would have twenty six point nine. Nice. Based on, <laughs> based on what I've seen, I would have guessed worse than that. But I guess more shots than I expect go in because, like I said, the ones that he misses, he really misses. But How many yeah, air balls did he have today? He he had one, but he also I think he had another one that like didn't come particularly close. Like it was a bad miss. Like, he yeah. might have hit the rim, but it wasn't a. It wasn't. He's had close. very few close misses. <laughs> no in and outs for Obi. Yeah, he had. He, I think he did have one close miss today, maybe, or maybe that got waved off because of a foul or something. No, he had the he had the make that got waved off, and then they gave it to him anyways. Which yeah. was oh, funny. I love that. He looked so sad when he thought it was going to be waved off. It's like I, I loved it though, because like they yeah. blew the whistle as so he caught the ball, miss. like way before he shot it. And if you, I went back and listened to it, and the ref yelled before the shot. And then they just countered it anyway. I I couldn't believe. I think it's because Obi was just so persistent in just really begging for them to count it. Just count it, please. And I have, they, and they're just like, I'm, okay, man. And I honestly have no idea like how that even works because that whistle was so far in advance of that shot. Um, but what what I was saying is Obi only played ten minutes, and he seemed like he spent the entire time on offense during that ten minutes just pointing at the rim, looking for an alley oop. Like making hard cuts, like he was about to get an alley oop and then not getting it. And there was one possession in particular where uh, he spent the entire possession pointing at the rim. And that at one point, you can hear him yell, "Throw it!" And like he just, <laughs> the guy just wants to dunk it, and I, I respect that. And I would like it if you know, because I feel like that's more of his game than than jacking, you know, however many threes he's been jacking. So if the Knicks could develop some chemistry with him and get him those alley oops, like I feel like that would be a much better thing for Obi Toppin moving forward. Maybe Derek Rose can can develop that chemistry because I'll tell you who's not. I mean, first of all, Alfred Payton straight up throws the worst lobs I've ever seen in my life, just consistently throwing garbage alley-oops. And then Austin... point guard, he's doing that. And then Austin Rivers just flat-out misses Obi Toppin on, on rim runs and lobs every game. It is just shocking. They have no chemistry at all. And uh, it won't be those two guys. I can tell you that much. Their relationship has, their on-court relationship has kind of already been set in stone. Um, hopefully, Derek Rose and Obi can find some uh, some nice chemistry together. I'm hard pressed to remember any just good passes to Obi. Period. This year, not that, I mean, not that he's. I think amazing, quickly, but quickly, quickly has, a has had a couple good ones. Yeah, and, and like I think any other good one that's been to is because he was like open for a three because they seem to be designing the offense when he's in around him getting an open three. Taj Gibson got on the dunk today. Yeah. 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 It was Taj. Today. Just got to get, got to get Taj more minutes. Point Taj. It, it is a little unfortunate. And, and Taj, I think today played well, but uh, we had Noel out the two most, recent games and it sinks a little bit that pretty much all those minutes went to Taj instead of like trying Obi at center 
Again, not that Obi's necessarily earned it, and, and Taj has Tibbs uh, trust. This is the third time they've teamed up. I will say that Taj Gibson had a solid game today. He, I yeah. mean, he he missed two free throws badly, but he went four for four from the field, including one for one from three for nine points. So yeah, he was he was okay, and I mean, defensively, he's just such a drop off from Mitch, but. So is everyone. I mean, Noel will when he's really engaged. Noel's like a good defensive backup, but when he's not engaged, he is just a disaster on that end. Like just gambling on so much stuff. Um, but honestly, Mitch was just one of the guy I want to shout out quick. Thought he was really strong defensively. Offensively, he hasn't been doing that much. Like he's been run to the rim, kind of his same role. Um, but maybe someday we'll let him play, right? That was what he <laughs> tweeted that one time. But um, I, defensively, I think it's kind of going under the radar, just how good he is, especially like defending pick and rolls, like kind of splitting the difference between the ball handler and the lob threat behind him. He just doesn't let it happen. He's just been the linchpin of our defense, and our defense many nights is the reason why the Knicks are in the game. It's certainly not our offense. So um, Mitch does deserve probably a little bit more credit than he typically gets because his offensive numbers haven't been crazy this year. He's not set beating like breaking Wilt Chamberlain's record for field goal percentage or anything like that. He's actually kind of struggled even around the rim. I've noticed um, he's gotten some like really good looks from RJ and he's just been, un- been unable to convert them. But overall defensively, that's where Mitch is really bringing his value. And I think it's just worth shouting out. Yeah. Play good defense. He's only scored in double figures seven times this year and only over 12 points twice so you'd like i'd love to see him jake said it on last week's episode love would love to see him get into double figures this week and it and i don't believe it happened uh so so be it'd just be nice because we like mitch he's played overall quite well this year and part of it is the just terrible lobs that alfred payton throws him and <laughs> yeah. just, i mean just so bad my god but quickly's um, the only one quickly got him doing today. that and in theory yeah. in theory he's he wasn't supposed to be good at that yet so that's frustrating. I want to give one more shout out before BBD cuts me off for time. And that's, that's to Alec Burks, who is starting to look, starting to round back into form after he came back from injury. Um, his first three games this year, I think he was averaging like 20 points a game and looked like our second best player behind uh, Julius Randle. And the, the last three of the last four games, he had pretty good games. Uh, I think the second Bulls game, he didn't play particularly well, but uh, just want to particularly highlight his three point shooting. Uh, the, full, the first Bulls game, he went three for six. The second Bulls game, he went, uh, I think, one for two. The Trailblazers game, he went four for nine. And then today against the Heat, he went three for six. So, like, that's a, that's a four-game stretch of very good three-point shooting, and that's something that the Knicks really need. Yeah. In February, 47% from deep. It's pretty good. Is that good? Yeah. Need that. In, De- in December, he was 66%. So we're going to need that. First three games, then he was out for three weeks. We're going to need that even games, more. All garbage, dump it. February's good. All, all garbage. No, I was saying we're going to need Stay that even good, more. Get, be be with, able uh, to be traded. With Derek Rose coming back. We'll need all the shooting we can get. So now good on <laughs> good on Burks. Keep it is up. it time for uh, what else is on? Well, we do our like we'll do first or do what else? We'll, we'll go to predictions real quick. Uh, the Knicks will play. I'll take the Chiefs. Between, <laughs> between now and our next episode, presumably we'll record Sunday again. Uh, Tuesday, they're at Miami, a rematch of today's game. Friday, 
They're at Washington, and Saturday they're home against the Rockets. So those are the three games this coming week. Kenny, I'll throw it to you. I feel like I get to pick first a lot, and I never get it right, so maybe that's why I get to pick first a lot. It's like I feel like Alfred Payton getting an open three. We get to hear um, your awful idea first and adjust. But I, I feel like the Knicks could win all three of those games. Um, Washington, not particularly good so far this season, although Bradley Beal's been, been really good. Uh, Rockets have been surprisingly good despite, the, despite some of their trades. And then, um, who was the last one? Houston. Um, Houston. Oh, sorry, uh, Miami. Uh, sorry, Miami. Miami. Yeah, Miami is the, the they they've been bad, and it's the second game consecutive game against them, and it's hard to win two games back to back. So I'm just gonna take three and zero and ride with it, you know. Oh, I like that. I like that I too. Like Kenny that. like kind of hedging, saying he always has bad picks, and then choosing that outrageous. <laughs> I mean, not <laughs> outrageous, but that is super optimistic, and that's kind of going are, with the theme. I mean, those are three winnable games. I think Houston's been really good this year, though. I think they've been they've surprisingly been. good, but I don't think they're actually good. And the Knicks beat good. They're teams. eleven and eleven, second in their division. Who cares about their divisions? Uh, yeah, that's not that good. Uh, but they, I mean, how, how have they been since like Harden got traded? I feel like they've been like been better since he left. I think so. I mean, they're one game out of a playoff spot right now, half a game out actually. So that's that's something. Seven and three in their last ten. And playing well, uh, we'll see. Cause that's that's a home game for the Knicks, so they they got to come to us. So I don't know, could be anything. I'll I'll take a two and one. The, just one of these games is bound have some shenanigans. Beat good teams, lose to bad ones. All right, I think we will go one and two. Beat Washington, lose to Miami, lose to Houston. Um, I just think that Derek Rose, the the whole. I, I'm not going to give a reason. Why do I? I don't have to give a reason. We're kind of get running late. One and two. That's fine. All right. So that's the predictions. Let's get to what else is on. Tom, you been watching anything good? Yeah. So I just started watching this Netflix show. It's it's spelled Lupin. I think it's pronounced Lupin. It's French. It is like kind of like a French. James Bond meets Sherlock Holmes sort of thriller. There are heists. There are kidnappings. There's surveillance. It's like, but it's it's just kind of fun too. It's 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 dubbed. I don't know if you guys. I know Kenny, you don't mind that. You watch Dark, the German show. Um, so it's like originally all in French, but they do dub it over, and which it kind of does distract me a little bit because it's like I know that those aren't the voices of the actual actors in most cases and it's like it's kind of hard to show the emotion of the original actor in a dub performance but it hasn't bothered me so much and uh the content itself is just it's fun like you just kind of want to keep watching and see what happens next there's some mysteries um overall good show lupin on netflix sounds pretty good yeah you gotta you gotta get yourself past the dubbing uh, that's all that's I it i haven't been able to do that the last couple times I've tried a, a dub show or movie, but once you once you do, once you, you do the dub, I, th- I thought it was a Harry Potter spinoff. Oh yeah, Professor Lupin. <laughs> it's, it's a joke, but um, I I watched a couple episodes of Money Heist with Greg 
which I've already seen, which is also I watched it dubbed when I've see, I saw it. Greg's watching it in Spanish with subtitles. So Keeps you engaged. You got to read. I, but like, I feel like it's hard to both read and watch what's going on simultaneously. Yeah, you're almost like automatically tuning out, like, like the, the, the actual sounds. Yeah, the sounds and like the actual video. Like it's you gotta have good peripherals for that. Yeah, PBD, what, what what else is on? I've been, of course, watching Gilmore Girls. I'm approaching the end of season six. Um, that uh, then there's just one more season. Uh, so far, so good. I'm starting to turn on Rory. Actually, I yeah, I, I, that. I I saw that tweet and I wanted to to discuss that. What's what's going on with your girl Rory? Uh, so I mean, a lot of people that I've spoken to do turn on Rory as the show goes. And, and I think I finally got there. Um, at one point, spoiler alert for Gilmore girls. Uh, she drops out of Yale and, and that whole storyline. And, and she has like a season long beef with her mother. Oh, no. Um, that like in general, I think is where people generally turn. I, I was, I wasn't fully against her. I didn't like any of that, but lately like the most recent the thing that kind of put me over the edge was like her like beef with her boyfriend logan who like i understand why she was upset they they separated briefly and then he like he slept with other girls which like hey i, I would be upset if i were her if and that happened too they were on a like, break then she like, oh, is that friends? she forgives him she but only nominally and she clearly isn't over it she like tried to cheat on him, but like couldn't fully go through with it. It's like, Rory, what are you doing? So, so that's the that's main thing I've been watching. I think probably going to be done with that within the next couple episodes of Talking Nicks. But uh, other wow. than that, I've watched, I watched uh, the E60 documentary from of Jeff Passan's article on Andrew Robinson, who's a baseball player who who attempted to commit suicide last year, uh, but survived. And um, yeah, it's a, it's I mean it's very inspirational story. Go read the article. Go watch the E60. There's a there's a podcast version of it, I believe, uh, free for everyone, so you don't need ESPN Plus for that. The others you might need to be part of the paid thing, which stinks. But uh, so that was good. And uh, and I watched the next episode of uh, Your Honor this morning. John Boy and I have uh, I've been covering it on morning slash. He brought me on last week to discuss it, and we're going to talk about it again Monday. It's gotten, um, in my opinion, pretty bad. <laughs> the premise <laughs> of the show is week. really good, and the first couple episodes, <laughs> they, they did really well, and it has gotten really bad. This week, they straight up hadn't had a scene in the previous, like every episode they have, like the previously on your honor section, mm-hmm. they catch you up. Um, there's a scene in it. That straight up has not been in the show. Like I checked forums and stuff to make sure <laughs> that like I didn't forget it wasn't in the show. <laughs> so That's and it was like a pretty, editing. <laughs> it was a pretty pivotal like development. It's just like like spoiler alerts. Skip ahead like forty seconds if if you don't want your honor spoiled. Uh, they add in that the the mother who dies like before the series had an affair. That's the scene that wasn't included in another episode, and they just dropped that in there. So all of a sudden, we're supposed to accept that 
and I normally skip that section. I happened to to watch the previously on part this week. So it's really <laughs> a tough edit to just that's drop great. that I, on us. Oh, that's that's kind stuff. of a bit that I always enjoyed from Arrested Development, where they would say like next week on Arrested, yeah, on the next episode of Arrested Development, and then it would just be scenes that are not in the next episode. Yeah, I didn't I was like, have they been doing post credit scenes this whole time, and I've been missing them? And no, just no, a good they bit. just. And maybe they have, but but the, it wasn't part of that. Those scenes never happened. Hmm. <laughs> they recorded them. They included it in the previously <laughs> on section. It's tough. Uh, so yeah, you'll get we'll get the full thoughts on that. Um, recording it Monday. Don't know when the discussion will be out, but tune in the morning. Good stuff. Cool. Right. Is that it? Are we there? So oh, we're done. God. I guess we won't talk about what I'm watching. We could just stop. I forgot if you said what you're watching or not. I thought, so yeah, I, I watched two episodes said. of Money Heist. I was just trying to jump in on the dub conversation. We don't even need to talk what about else, me, guys. Well, what else is Pretend on Pretend I'm not here. What Jeez. else is on for you, Kenny? What else is on, Kenny? Well, you guys seem so excited to talk about it, I guess. Uh, still watching Community. That's going well. Still Love watching it. New Girl. That's going well. Um WandaVision, starting to get good. I think I, I mentioned the last time I was on here, I watched the first couple episodes. No idea what was going on, but they started to explain it, so it's starting to make sense, and it's it's getting pretty good as a guy who's who's pretty into the Marvel universe. So. I see so many stuff. tweets about it. People are talking. They're talking. They're talking. Not a, I'm not a, an anti, anti-Marvel or anti-superhero hero guy. I just haven't seen a lot of this stuff. So it feels like a show I'm just going to miss. It's a lot of stuff. And there's know, just so many tweets about it. I think I'm... I I might have already done it, actually. I don't think I did. I, I'm going to mute the word WandaVision pretty soon just because there's so many tweets about it and I'm not in on it. Sort of it's like how I've special. muted Christmas. It's like, <laughs> I'm not in on it. I don't know if I've explained that to you guys. I, I had to say it on Talking Baseball a couple weeks ago. I've, I think Christmas I muted. I've muted forever because like, I, I'm just not in on it. Um, that's good stuff. Now, now that's not funny. from a just me being Jewish standpoint. I I did the same thing with Thanksgiving because like Thanksgiving tweets kind of annoy me. Is that unpatriotic or rude or something? Maybe. Um, but it's just, just very like, selective. What, of need, you. Yeah, what, I just don't need is... it on Twitter. That that's fair. fair. That's I'll look fair. at your I'm... Instagram post if you're gonna make an Instagram post. I feel like I've muted almost all like political content, but. I've... I don't know if I've muted anything else. Certainly not Christmas or Thanksgiving. I'll do this will be this will be a fun thing. I think I've muted a few words. I'll see I'll do a quick poke at my muted words. <laughs> uh oh a lot of like wrestling stuff. WWE I muted. So weirdly a lot of people tweeted tweet that. Tweet about that that like I follow like you otherwise but look I'm, I'm not into this and i will never watch it it's just not my thing i don't care if you like it but i don't need to see the tweets the other one there's some like like some nicknames for yankee players that i don't need to read because they kind of piss me off and the other one oh i mute i've muted uh gonna be may forever <laughs> every, every year those memes get really annoying it's pretty good. So. <laughs> most most of my muted words are like retweet for, retweet if, retweet in, and then um, I don't I don't even know if 
I don't know if this is even a thing anymore because I muted it so long ago, but those Scopa 2. You guys remember oh. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, muted that. I have that. no idea what that is. I, is. I couldn't verbalize what it is, but I never understood like, it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was, this was a long time ago, like yeah, several right. months ago, um, maybe th- a year. I would think like like a year and a half ago, maybe. Sure, but there was like, they would post a picture and say Scopa 2, and you're, I think you're supposed to say like what the picture made you think or feel or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, what, what else is this picture? And, and I just, I, there was way too much of it. it was I wasn't weird. having it, and I muted it. Yeah, nobody ever explained what that part of it meant. I never muted it. Yeah, never. It never yeah. made sense to me. And I have never muted a single word. I have oh, thir- That's, I have, that's I have, why you are the way you I have are. Seventy accounts I've muted. I say I have thirty-two muted accounts. I won't get into those. I have never muted a word before. So. I think all of my muted accounts are accounts that pretended to be other accounts. Yeah, that's the vast majority of mine are like the like fake and Ken Rosenthal accounts. M at MLB Trade Rumors with a Z. There's uh there's some pages that are just kind of mean to the company that I just don't need to see their tweets. Yeah, so. if people are meanies, if they're like super mean, I I'd mute them. I don't I don't think I've ever blocked anybody, but if you mute them they don't find out about that. If you block them they do. So you don't want to give them the satisfaction. Chances are, if you've ever said anything mean to me, I muted you. That's uh, so you muted me. It's messed nah, up. Not you. What's up? We got that thin yeah. skin. All right. Very thin. So we done? Skin. Should we go so watch the Super done? Bowl? Go watch, go the, watch Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. Hope everyone liked it. That's like forty-five minutes away now, huh? Um, yeah. Until next time, we got next. Got three more games coming this week. We get to see our first look at Derrick Rose. I don't know. Let's go Knicks. Stay. Stay.